Welcome to the Agoracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorkom, in which we take the time to speak to small cap executives after they put out big news. And today's news is big. I'm going to give you 837 million reasons to love it. We're going to be talking to Mark Appleby, President CEO of Tartazan Nickel, trades in Canada under TN for French in the US, under TTSRF. Look, uh, you can already tell from the name what the company does if you're new to the story. A little background on why it's so important. As the world looks to add electric vehicles uh, to the world to reduce air pollution, demands for battery metals are just going through the roof. Nickel is one of those battery metals that's in demand, and there are few new high-quality development projects ready to meet this demand, and none, none that just released a PEA demonstrating uh, underground production potential with revenue potential of $837 million like Tartazan Nickel over the life of the mine. We're going to talk about those numbers. Uh, look, we know on EV sales, they've just doubled year over year uh, in 2021 to 6.6 million. Uh, there are now 16.5 electric, 16.5 million electric vehicles uh, on the road worldwide. That's three times more than 2018. And we know that by 2030, the US government, the Biden administration wants 50% of all cars sold to be electric vehicles. Those, there's no doubt about where this industry is going. Tartazan has an advanced nickel project that's destined to be uh, in production to help meet the demand of that, of that electrical vehicle revolution. How they own 100% of the Cambridge nickel deposit uh, that's got a measured indicated resource of 7.5 million tons of nickel uh, and for a total, and copper, by the way, for a total of 95 million uh, pounds of contained nickel. They've also got inferred mineral resources that could add 22 million pounds of contained nickel on top of that. What we're talking about today, the company announced a PEA, Preliminary Economic Assessment, where the numbers came back unbelievable. Let's talk about it. Mark, welcome back, my friend. Thanks for having me, George. Pleasure to be on today. Hey, pleasure to have you on. I mean, let's look at some of these numbers. Nine-year mine life, uh, nine-year mine plan, based on 1,500 tons per day, revenues estimated 840 mil, I'm just rounding up, all in sustaining costs below $5 nickel, uh, and on and on, the res which results in about 52.6 million pounds of payable nickel and 31 million pounds of payable copper. How do you, before we go into the numbers, how do you feel about this and how should the shareholders feel about this? Well, I think we're pretty ecstatic about what's going on here. Uh, you know, it's this has been a long time coming through some challenging times. Uh, but, you know, here we are in a 2022 world with a positive economic assessment and a, and a go forward strategy to build an underground mine to potentially vertically integrate and to become a part of the uh, North American supply chain. And a lot of companies say that. They talk the talk, but you guys are walking the walk. Again, before we get into numbers, I want to ask you one more question. How important is to have this PEA versus George's Nickel Com that says they're looking for nickel uh, and we don't know, you know what, how big of a differentiator is to have this PEA? Well, I think it makes all the difference in the world. There's all kinds of folks that have been waiting for us to, uh, to publish this PEA. 
there's major companies, whether they're uh, mining companies, auto manufacturers, battery manufacturers, all are looking to get through the nuts and bolts of, of numbers and grind down to see how much meat is on the bone here. And, you know, we essentially have brought forward a de-risking strategy at Tartizan to allow investors to get the fact that, you know, we've been mitigating risk since the get-go here with updating all the various studies, whether it's the mineral resource estimate, the PEA, uh, doing various studies, drilling, expanding the resource, uh, getting road work done. We're ticking all the necessary boxes uh, in the Ontario permitting scene uh, to allow people to make a, a, a decision here um, to invest or not invest. But it's exciting for us in the sense that, you know, there's so much meat on the bone here with a, with a, with a net asset value of 186 million uh, pre-tax, 110 odd million after that, um, that, you know, there's, there's definitely a, the ability for us to have an, a, an increasing share capital. Um, so, let's talk about that meat on the bone. There are some, so many great numbers in here. Each one of them almost better than the other. You're the CEO. You tell us which one of those truly stood out for you, grabbed your attention and should grab the attention of shareholders. Uh, you know, which ones are you most excited about? Well, I think for starters, you know, there is a rate of return that's 20 plus percent using current uh, economic conditions. So what does that mean? Well, okay, on the cost side, it's in this inflation wor inflationary world, uh, the cost of mining, all the rest of it is built in to this scenario. And, you know, as of July, 2022, so this isn't a historical look backwards. And it's also using current metal prices, whether that's, you know, $10 nickel, $4 copper, $26 cobalt, $78 uh, uh, US-Canada exchange rate. It allows people in sort of real time to, to know that, that this project actually makes money in an underground mining situation. And that's, that's all the difference in the world. I mean, the, the metallurgy that, that has been done by Extrata historically, the recovery rates, a lot of boxes have been ticked um, for this project. And I think, uh, you know, and I think, you know, you'll, people will be able to slow as they get into the whole Tartazan story for the first timers and those that have been following us. I mean, we've been trying to put our money where our mouth is. We've been, uh, you know, uh, as investors, uh, directors and such, we've all managed to keep a position here and then build on a position because we believe in the end game and this PEA is you know a big part of that end game understanding that what we have through uh through ac through academia shall we say is uh holds together through a third-party valuation some things that you know one thing that's hidden in here uh enormous value that I think you've got an existing shaft to a depth of just over two thousand uh feet how valuable is that? Because because the capex of the mines, you know, is about hundred pre-production, about one hundred thirty million dollars. How valuable is it to have that existing shaft down to two thousand feet? How much uh, how much money does that take off the capex there? Well, I think to recreate that today, you're definitely sort of in the seventy million dollar range. Wow. Um, you know, never mind. It's already in place. It has been scoped. It's in relatively decent shape. Uh, so you know, it would have to be dewatered, obviously, and some rehabilitation to be done, but you know, it's another tool. It's another box that's been ticked here. 
for the benefit of shareholders to utilize. Another reason for, you know, compelling reason, I think, for, uh, for people to have a hard look at the company. So with all these figures out, you kind of touched on earlier, the industry in terms of strategics, industry in terms of automotive. Is it fair to say, and I know you can't disclose much, but uh, in terms of specifics, but is it fair to say that once these numbers came out or before they came out, uh, your phone has been ringing either through strategics or the automotive industry or both? Definitely. I mean, we've had multiple Zoom calls, as you can imagine, over the past couple of years. Uh, we've also had folks that have indicated, you know, expressions of interest, shall we say, on what, you know, if we put up X amount of money, what would that get us within that Kenbridge project? Um, and these are folks that are interested in sort of vertical integration, um, you know, in need of, in need of uh, nickel sulfide and copper. Um, so it's been interesting for us now with the numbers that come out that, you know, people are now able to uh, put more pen to paper. Uh, I know there's certainly a numerous follow-up calls that are being, you know, that are being taken place. Uh, nice. Today was a, uh, you know, a multitude of Zoom calls, and it's it's becoming very exciting in the sense that there's a little more urgency now. Um, and as we walk towards this pre-fees and feasibility study, I think in uh, 2022, um, that'll even more sort of help to catapult the realization that. Tartazan can actually become a part of the supply chain, you know, this decade, uh, never mind in, you know, five years or less type of thing. So is that the next step, the pre-feasibility study? Uh, what, what, what should we look for? Uh, you know, we're in the middle of July now. So what does the rest of 2022 look like? Yeah. So, you know, we're busy as can be here at, and have been uh, since the early spring. Um, you know, put up a few new structures on site uh, to allow us to do uh, all season work at that camp. Um, baseline studies commenced uh, this spring. So we did manage to capture uh, the spring runoff season and this is all part and parcel of the permitting process. So we, we're now sort of officially have activated uh, the whole relook and, and commencing the permitting of, uh, of Kenbridge. Um, we've also begun the construction uh, of converting what we could call basically a bush road and a rough bush road at that into an all season access road. So, you know, that includes the very basics of, you know, ditching and graveling and culverting and all those other things to allow, say, a fuel truck to drive directly into site. And that, you know, there's a big difference there between fly in, fly out and being able oh. to take a, uh, larger, heavier vehicle right to site with those supplies and things today. that need. Yeah, so that so those are significant boxes that are, are have been ticked and are being ticked. That road, by the way, be, will be ready around Labor Day this year in 2022. Um, and with a spring, uh, sorry, a summer drill program plan, um, you know, what we, we want to do is uh, continue to look at the down dip extension at Cambridge. We think it goes significantly deeper. We have a heavy drill lined up to test those down dip extensions and to see whether this, obviously, whether the mineralization increases at depth. We do have some pretty compelling grades at depth of 4%, 3% historically. 
Um, and now we want to go past 1,200 meters, 1,400 meters, 1,500 meters to see. And that's just all gravy, right, Mark? I mean, uh, it's not like you need it. It'd be great. You and you guys have an idea that you think you might have something there, but that would be just all gravy, just add on top of all this, right? Yeah, you don't need a lot of uh, massive sulfide in order to obviously uh, increase the end economics of the play. Uh, certainly the greater the tonnage we get, we increase the mine life. So, uh, and that's kind of the name of the game here. So, you know, if the nickel price, in fact, moved from sort of this $10 range towards $14, which I think it has the ability to do, um, that allows us to expand the feed into this mill as well. So there's, there's other tonnage uh, that has not been utilized in the process of this PEA that we could then turn up the dial on in the Tartazan sense to bring that feedstock into the mill and um, and ramp up the economics of all of this. Uh, and you're giving me more confidence when I was looking at the numbers, and by the way, I'm not an expert in mining economics, but just you know, looking at you know, tertiary, what's nice about your situation is, going back to what we are talking earlier, you may be having calls or strategics, both in the industry and on the automotive side, but it's, it's not as if you don't have to get something done with them. You could go it alone it seems like, and go all the way to production, correct? You're not, some companies just, you know, George Com Nickel, uh, you know, runs into a problem because we need $700 million of CapEx and there's no way to get that done on our own. But it seems like you guys are in a really good position where you can go either way. Yeah, and I think that's, we're sort of building out for the production scenario on a go-to-loan basis. But I think, you know, just given the phone calls that have occurred, I, I would think that there would be definitely some strategic interest in, in our play in Northwestern Ontario. Um, and again, near-term production. So, um, you know, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna play it as it comes. I mean, we're not taking anything for granted. In the meantime, no. we continue to de-risk. Uh, we continue to uh, work hard at what we're doing here, trying to add value for shareholders and, and uh, make this thing happen. Um, you know, again, it's 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 just been such a, a journey, uh, even in the last three, four years, with just general acceptability of electric vehicles. Um, you know, whether you, yeah, we've you know, turned that corner now, we're we're all in. Listen, the world is all in there. Yeah, whether you're in the, you know, whether you're on the electric highway in Canada, whether you know, there's charging stations uh, are certainly more plentiful. Uh, where I am now in sort of more rural Ontario, but I mean, in the, in the GTA, for example, there's, there's lots of buildouts that are occurring and, and, and uh, building codes now uh, essentially demanding EV chargers in every home. So um, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of how quickly the ramp up occurs. And I think certainly in Europe, uh, there's great acceleration into EVs and there's yeah. a demand and I think general acceptability in North America. I mean, it's, we're starting to get into hockey stick territory where, um, you know, more electric vehicles are coming online and the, you know, the ability to have greater kilometer, greater kilometers per charge is there now too. So price points are coming down, range is increasing. It's, uh, it's again, greater acceptability and the need for, for battery metals. So. And how serendipitous has it been? Uh, on the one hand, yeah, you may, like all companies on this planet, even my pool guys having supply chain issues would get a liquid chlorine. Uh, you're not immune to that, so I'm sure you've got some slight issues. But I think, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it a bigger, 
Has it been a bigger payoff for Tarzan because the the value, the premium that's now put on, I want my supply coming out of Ontario or Quebec. Uh, and I don't I don't want to have to rely on it come from overseas somewhere where I may not be able to have a constant supply because we don't know when the global supply chain has that. You think that's something in addition that's played in, into Tartazan's favor here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're definitely very close to a rail yard. Um, you know, it's not like this needs to be shipped overly far. There is the economics have changed even to get concentrates into Sudbury. Um, there are there are mills south of the border. But, I, you know, I think really uh, with access being complete, uh, in the near term at, at Tartazan, well, then there, there's a big difference right there where, you know, you're very close to the Trans-Canada Highway and, and off we go. So, um, you know, I, again, you know, a company that's de-risking constantly here, trying to figure out better ways to do things. Um, you know, everyone talks about greenhouse gases. Well, you know, there, there's more than one way to electrify Tartazan without having to put in 40 kilometers of transmission lines. And, you know, there is the, uh, there is compressed natural gas. There is the ability to do this in solar. Um, and those are two aspects that are being heavily looked at um, now and in the potential for partnership with First Nations as well. So um, that opens up the whole uh, avenue towards uh, federal assistance uh, in helping in the electrification process of this. Um, and trying to keep obviously our carbon footprint to a minimum. So um, these are all good pluses. No, and, and and by the way, I'm just going to add in. And the Ontario government, you know, uh, Ford when he in his acceptance speech when he when he won the election just a month ago, made it very clear that his this next four years are going to be very supportive of these kind of projects and electric vehicles and manufacturing the vehicles in Ontario sourcing. The, the critical metals here in Ontario. So it just seems uh, so serendipitous. And I, and I wanna, what I wanna say to everybody, because a lot of new people probably watch who don't know you and Tarzan up till they saw these numbers. I wanna give your team credit because, you know, when you guys were on this quite a while ago, you stayed with Nickel because you believed in where you're going. You stayed with Kenbridge and, you know, not just the Nickel, but everything else. You didn't fall, succumb to the temptation of Tarzan blockchain, Tartazan cannabis, uh, you, when you when you when you could have, right? Because those were booming and people didn't want to talk about nickel. Uh, but here you are today, the overnight what ten year success story. Well, yeah, the overnight ten year success when, you know, when we did the deal, nickel was four dollars or slightly there under, and I mean you can see we're nickel at sort of nine seventy five ten today, and I mean wasn't too long ago before it was you know there was through twenty when the short squeeze, but. Uh, you know, we look at the PEA as sort of the launching pad here now where we can more aggressively go in and have uh, some higher level meetings and really start to push here to to bring this towards a production scenario. Mark, congratulations to uh, to you and the guys. We could talk about this for another hour, uh, uh, but I, I figure you probably have more important Zoom calls to make. That Not that this one isn't really important because the shareholders would be ecstatic to hear from you. I like the fact that you've laid low until the PEA came out and then here you are and can't wait to have you back. But for today, I think I, was, I think I speak on behalf of all shareholders. I congratulate you, the team, for bringing the company to this point, de-risking it, getting into a really advantageous position and can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next 6, 12, 24 months, my friend.
Well, thank you very much, George. Pleasure uh, having spoken with you today and look forward to our next update. To everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform, to Mark Appleby, he's president and CEO of Tartizan Nickel, trades in Canada on the stock symbol TN for a friend in the U.S., on the stock symbol TTSRF. For those new to the story and you want to start some due diligence, two ways to do that. First, get to the company's profile page on Agoracom because we know there's a lot. Not all of you, in fact, very few of you are going to be geologists. So we try and give you a great layman's overview of Kenbridge, the economics, all the news today so you can understand it. And then once you got that foundational knowledge, head right over to the Tarzan website, do your deep dive due diligence. And hopefully today you discovered your next amazing you know, critical elements, EV Revolution Company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. But don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agoracom Small Cap Podcast.